0: You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan.
1: Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today.
0: Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football Grump, and with me as always, finally back from vacation, is Mike the Cranky Fan. How are you, Mike?
1: Grump, I'm exhausted. I have had 10 days of sin and debauchery in New Orleans, in Vegas, and Daytona, in Tampa. I've seen a lot of things I shouldn't have seen. I drank a lot of things I shouldn't have drank. And I am here, and I've survived, so...
0: It's all things typical following a 2017 Giants season.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Detox from that horrible team and detox from that very exciting week. But I am back to... uh, regain my sobriety and let's talk some giant football (laughs) and
0: pray um so uh last week i kind of flew solo and i just sort of went over the basics of otas um not much has changed since then uh this is just voluntary otas um and I, i i kind of cautioned everyone to not get too excited by highlight clips or reports you hear from camp because it's just a slow season reporters have jobs too and they yeah. You know, the constant good reporting will lull you into a false sense of uh, right. accomplishment, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, you know, every team always wins the spring. It's it's an expression I use all the time on my uh my Gator podcast where, you know, every coach goes through the rubber chicken tour and everything he says, it's like, "Damn. We're going to go 12 and 0 next year. He had a great press conference. He had a great speech to the alumni and you know, you're going to hear these things like the fifth string running back it looks fantastic." Yeah. <laughs> God, that that's offensive line looks that offensive line looks great. Well, you know, they also don't have pads on. So and, you know kind of related to this, I don't need the Giants official Twitter filling up my timeline with every catch by a third string wide receiver. It's like Pump the brakes, guys. We don't need a play by play from, you know, the Giants themselves. Not that important.
0: Yeah, well, I mean I guess when you're fresh out of highlights from last year, that's pretty much <laughs> what you've got. But Well, we're hoping to make some highlights this year. So that's kind of one of the things we're going to go over this year. We're going to go over just a quick overview of the 2018 schedule. And then over the coming weeks, since it is summer and we're trying not to, uh, I guess, bloviate over (laughs) the OTAs. I think I'm using that word, right? Um, Yeah. We're trying not to hype out OTAs. So we're going to concentrate on the schedule going forward and what we think of it match by match as of you know, yeah. May, this is
1: yeah, this is kind of our initial look. You know, when the schedule obviously came out that day, the first thing you do is you book your hotel rooms and you book your flights for I'm going to this game, I'm going to that game. You make your real quick you know, we're going to be 16 and 0 or 0 and 16. But now you know, now that we've actually had free agency go by, now that the draft has happened, now that you know, some free agent signings have happened. Let's kind of look at a high level, 30,000 foot glance at the schedule and say, you know, this is a loss in pen, this is a win in pencil, this one we don't know. I mean, once we get into, you know, closer to training camp, we'll get a lot more detail and we'll, like we did last year, a lot more analysis of our division rivals and, and things like that. But I think this is, you know, a good time to kind of look forward and say, you know, where do, where do we think we stand, you know, as we record this in a late May in 2018?
0: Right, but before we jump into that, uh, I, you know everyone deserves your outlook on the OTA since you weren't here last week. So last week, I kind of went over how the offensive line looks just as I imagined it. Um, they have two first strings that they're alternating back and forth. Uh, the first is Nate Solder and Patrick Omame, then Brett Jones, then um, uh, John Greco, and then Eric Flowers. The other one is Nate Solder, then Will Hernandez, then Brett Jones, then Patrick Omame, then Eric Flowers. It was pretty much what we expected. I want to know what you think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to try lots of different combinations right now. I think, you know, we've all been speculating that Hernandez is going to be the left guard for sure. But, you know, they the coaches want to put enough stuff on tape that they can kind of analyze, you know, from now until training camp and make those, you know, is that what it's going to be? So I, I would be surprised to see a lot of different things. I did see something this morning that I thought was good to see, that um, Soldier and um, Flowers were working together on some drills. Like I think Flowers was kind of getting some instruction from him or something. I thought that was good to see.
0: Right, yeah, um, that, that had happened on the first OTA. Also, today, what happened, uh, today is Tuesday? Tuesday. Um, Chad Wheeler also joined them on the side as they worked individually with each other.
1: And that's, uh, you know, Eric Flowers is fighting for his, you know, his job with the Giants. And, you know, it could be, you know, he's fighting for his next job as well. So little things like that are things that are going to help him, you know. May not make him a starter this year. You know, he's probably not going to start on the left side. He may He's fighting to be on the right side as a as tackle. But little things like attitude improvement are going to go a long way, especially with a new coaching staff where – you're trying to make marks for everything that you do on the field and off the field. So,
0: and the other thing is that Saquon Barkley looks incredibly fluid and comfortable. Um, I think I read that he has not dropped a pass yet in OTAs. I know that doesn't really mean anything, but you know, I don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of adjustment for him going into this game.
1: And what do we think? When was the last time we really had a a, a running back who caught the ball in the backfield with regularity and was actual weapon? Would you say? Bradshaw?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would think so. Um, He was particularly effective on those bubble screens, but I mean, what made him so good as a pass catcher wasn't necessarily his ability to catch, it was his ability to do everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he he really excelled at running between the tackles, around the outside, you know, uh, he especially excelled in pass blocking, and that ability allowed him to get open a lot more easier. You know what I'm saying? He's not like a guy who had the Natural route running ability, right. Um, you know, but and, and nevertheless, route, yeah, I would say you're right.
1: And, and route running really is secondary for a running back, as far as catching the ball in the backfield too. You yeah. know, it's just how fast can you release? You know, and are you in position to catch the ball and run in one motion? So,
0: yeah, but I mean, what, what's interesting is how often Barkley seems to be splitting out in a wide receiver spot in OTAs. Again, they're just kind of screwing around and throwing the macaroni plate at the wall, yeah, picking I up mean, whatever sticks, but.
1: Fans have to realize something that we are done with the debate about take a quarterback trade down Barkley. That's over. Yeah, we we made the decision to go with Barkley. Now remember who we got. This wasn't the third option of three. This isn't somebody we settled for. This is somebody that Dave Gettleman has said repeatedly is the highest guy he's had on his board since Peyton Manning. I think. Yeah, that's I what mean. He said. That and this is not a guy who just came out of high school and all of a sudden is a GM. This is a guy who's been around the league for forty plus years. This guy is polished. He's going to be. He has the potential to be in that, you know, Adrian Peterson stratosphere of complete backs that dominate this league. So, you know, again, if you still have a a little bit of a grudge or just a little miscon, you know little pissed off that we didn't trade down or you know we didn't go after a quarterback get over it yeah because what we have now is someone that this offensive line is halfway functional and Eli still has most of his fastball and Beckham is completely healthy and you know blah 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 we have the makings of a pretty frightening offense
0: yeah I would say so I mean there's certainly a lot of weapons here one thing that I do think is interesting um you know, I was reading a lot about how good Davis Webb has looked, and, you know, that's that's all well and good, and I'll I'll, I'll believe it when I see it with a defense in his face. But what I will say I've noticed is time and time again are reports, you know, when when they say that they look good, they're, they're in detail describing the passes that were thrown and who caught it and whatever. But they all seem to be the deep ball. And, it, it, you know, that's really something that was completely lacking from the McAdoo offense was the deep ball. And I, I understand the... The idea behind it was this: offensive line sucks, so he needs to get the ball out quicker. He needs to take less sacks. You know, increase rece- completion Re- receivers to throw it to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's all sorts of things. There's yeah. all sorts of things. But I mean, even even the year prior, uh, you know, we didn't throw a whole lot of deep ball. It, it it was really you have to go back to when Tom Coughlin was running the team and McAdoo was just running the offense. And it's noticeable now in hindsight that McAdoo did not have complete control over what the offense did.
1: And and that's also not the worst thing in the world too. I mean No. There's no there's no sense that like you're gonna base your offense on air raid out, you know, throwing thirty, forty yard bombs when, like you said, the, the offensive line can't support it. You know, and especially with a quarterback like Eli who fumbles more than average when he gets pressured and he gets hit. Yeah. So What
0: I will say is um I would expect these weapons to be utilized in a more vertical way than we've seen in the last two years. I will it seems to me that there's going to be a heavy reliance on Saquon Barkley out of the backfield. I I, I will say that he'll probably be a three-down back by midway through the season. And off of that, there will be play action and deep throws. Right. I mean, it, it's Eli's signature to take the statistical hit and throw an interception at the risk of it being a big play. It's just who he is, and you mm-hmm. take it or leave it. So
1: The one thing we want to kind of make sure he minimizes is the amount of the pick in the red zone and that ill-timed one, which he seems to do quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. If he's going to try to like, you know, we still think he, like I said, he still has this fastball where he can still try to get a ball in spots where, you know, more often than not, he's going to be successful. There may be potential for pick. We don't want to see things like, you know, the terrible pick in the end zone or something. Yeah. And we, we broken down last year. How many times that was truly his fault versus Lack a bad route or, or a yeah. or, or, or wrong route, which is obvious that was not the route that was supposed to be run or a receiver rounding off a route where he wasn't crisp or something. So, But yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think Eli is the quarterback for that type of offense that we think they're going to try to run with the personnel that they do have. This is not Dak Prescott
0: no.
1: trying to run that type of offense. And we've, <laughs> we may once or twice have debated, you know, the merits of Dak Prescott, but my point is that's not the, you know
0: The type of guy we got back.
1: The type of guy we have. We have a guy who can do this.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much OTAs in a nutshell. So uh, we can jump right into what we think of the 2018 season. Do you want to do it as a whole first and then break it down through, or you just want to go yeah, through this game let, by game?
1: Let's see some initial thoughts. Just kind of, you know, you know, when the schedule comes out after you watch that, that show on NFL Network, your first reaction is win-loss, win-win-win-win-win. Yeah. And then book all your hotels and book your flights to go to those games. Like, okay, I'm going to be, in, you know, in Pittsburgh on November 15th. It works out good. It doesn't conflict with college. Blah blah blah. Now, but the problem with back then is, you know, you don't have free agency yet. You don't have your draft done. You know, you you don't really know you don't anything. You have
0: a clear picture of who your team is.
1: What the team clients. is exactly. So now that you know, we kind of have seventy five, eighty percent. We think the roster might be. Mm-hmm. You know. And to be quite frankly, we, Trump and I need some material to talk about for the next month or so. Yeah. Now is a good time to actually start talking about the schedule and say, you know, uh, you know, is this something we can put in pen as a loss or in pencil as a win? And, you know, with the right to obviously change that. You know, as we get into closer to the season, we get into training camp, we will probably start doing them. We'll probably do this again with more analysis, you know, probably heavy emphasis on the division games. But I think now is a good time to kind of Let's take our first look at, you know, we'll look at it in every, you know, chunks of three for the next several weeks to see, you know, where we are and what we think. We'll keep a, a running total, what Grump and I think, and, you know, see where it goes.
0: Yeah, so what did what did you think of the season overall when you just glance at it from 1 through 16?
1: My first reaction was brutal. Yeah. I mean, we never seem to catch a break with the beginning of the season, and, you know, we're looking at a, you know, the first turn, the first quarter. Jaguars at Cowboys at Texans Saints. Saints are a team we never match up well. We're working backwards. Jaguars have that great defense. Cowboys out there, funny things seem to happen out there. And the Texans, who knows? Um, you know. So if we start looking at, at the first three teams. You know, let, let's start with Jacksonville. Um, interesting team, Jacksonville.
0: What do you, what do you make of their performance going all the way to the AFC Championship game?
1: I still think they were a quarterback away from being probably the second best team in the AFC. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I get it. They were technically the second best team because they made it to the AFC final. But you know how some things get a little funky, how you you beat somebody or something. But uh, they are a legitimate quarterback away from being – and you know something? I'll make an even bolder prediction. I think they're a good quarterback away from being the best team in the AFC. I'll agree with that. I I think – you know we were actually at a bar this afternoon me and a couple of people talking and uh we threw out we all kind of agree that you know night it might be midnight on the patriots you know tom brady is 40 41 years old and you know there is a point where quarterbacks suddenly you know <laughs> and that that could very well happen for tom brady and their defense sucked last year so penciling them in is you know AFC champs or even AFC East champs is not a lock anymore and who fills that void of them not being, you know, at least going heavy into into January and you know, Jacksonville can definitely be that team.
0: Sure. Um you know, when I when I look at what they did last year, I agree with you. They were probably a good quarterback away from being the best team in the AFC. Would they've beaten the Eagles? You know, it's definitely possible because what they relied on was an incredibly fast an active defense, um, an outstanding defense. When I look at them now, I actually see a worse offense than what we saw last year. I mean, they just dumped a ton of money into Blake Bortles, who is, even including last year, not really shown that he's a good quarterback, right?
1: I would say, you know, that
0: when we were watching the playoffs last year, and I think
1: they got to the second weekend, we were looking at all the quarterbacks in advance. We're like, Jesus Christ. You know, none of these quarterbacks other than Brady, really, or any, like, you know, we, did, we had a couple of backups. We had some crappy quarterbacks that are just kind of moving on, and, you know, Bortles is definitely definitely somebody that caught a lot of shit, you know, most of the season. You know, a lot a you read lots of blogs, and you listen to different podcasts, and he was always like Blake Bortles, followed by laughing in the background.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, he didn't do himself any favors. I understand that the team moved on, but... He didn't pass the eye test in those games, for Christ's sakes. And Mm -hmm. statistically, the whole year he was just garbage. Yeah.
1: When you have a Leonard Fournette, you're going to be a run-heavy team like we're probably going to be, you know, out of the box with with Barkley. So um, they're not going to beat us. They're not going to beat us in week one because Bortles is going to throw. 35 for 43 for, you know, 380
0: and four touchdowns. Well, holy shit, I hope not. Well, yeah, piggybacking off of what you said, you know, Leonard Fournette is still the heart and soul of this offense, because you look at the offensive line, they added Andrew Norwell, and, you know, they were already pretty damn good, now they're even better, Uh, but where the big weakness is, is they really can't throw the ball, I mean, they don't have Allen Robinson anymore, so Mm -hmm. now they're down to Marquise Lee, Dante Moncrief, DJ Chark, D.D. Westbrook, I mean... None of these guys is a number one. I don't care what anybody says. Marquise Lee is not a number one receiver. DJ Chark, you know, had a shining moment in the uh, Senior Bowl. I didn't like what I saw out of a guy who's six three. A lot of not jumping up for the ball. A lot of just catching with the body. I I, I don't personally see him being overly successful in the NFL. I, I see him at best being a number three. You know, probably going to end up being a number four rotational receiver at some point.
1: So that's going to be helpful for us because. I still have the sneaky suspicion that a cornerback on this roster that's going to play a lot is not on this roster right now, and it might be somebody who could be potentially a training camp cut that we pick up, sure. or a late training camp trade like we did last year, and may need some time to gel and adjust with this defense, and starting off with week one with a, a, sec, uh, a receiving core that's not going to scare anybody, may be what the doctor ordered for us.
0: Yeah. Uh on the, on the flip side, I mean, I don't really see us being able to get after Blake Bortles very well. Uh, I mean, of course, we don't really know what this defense is going to look like for us. But, you know, Cam Robinson, Andrew Norwell, Brandon Linder, A.J. can Jeremy Parnell, that's that's a damn good offensive line. That's um, solid. And if any sacks are going to happen, it's going to be coverage sacks, I think.
1: Well, here's the thing, too, though, is they have no tape on us either.
0: I mean, that's a good point. It's,
1: it, it's a whole different defense that they're seeing, and you're seeing – you know, guys like Olivier Vernon not playing where he played last year. You know, you're going to see all different things happening. So I'm kind of happy we get a team like Jacksonville, one of, you know, several playoff contenders on this, you know, schedule early that we can maybe sneak through with a win that, uh, you know, if we see them early November, we may not be too excited about.
0: Well, they're going to be the ultimate test for this offensive line because I, I have trouble figuring out how we're going to move the ball against Ngakwe, Darius, Malik Jackson, Calais Campbell, Dante Fowler, Dewan Smoot, you oh. know Miles Jack, Telvin Smith. This is a stacked defense. It's almost unfair.
1: We can put these games, as of right now, into four categories. A win in pen, a win in pencil, a loss in pencil, and a loss in pen, based upon how confident we feel this is going to be. So I'm gonna, I'll start off with this first game. I'm going to put this one as a loss in pen. I don't know what we're going to be yet at all. (laughs) I think that's a lot of it. What I'm kind of making this prediction on. And like you said, a fantastic offensive line, a great defensive line that could cover up, you know, the shortcomings at quarterback at wide receiver. Um, I don't know what position we're going to be in or how ready we're going to be for the regular season to start. So I'm going to
0: even though the game's at
1: home and it's early in the season, I'm going to put this down as a loss in pen.
0: I'm going to say a loss in pen also, and I think a lot of this is going to come down to turnovers. I think that Blake Bortles and that offense sucks and they're going to generate they're they're going to be doomed by a couple of turnovers, but I think there's just no way that we can find a way to figure out how to block to get anything moving. I think there's going to be a couple stupid, well, desperation picks. I think there's going to be a couple fumbles. I think Eli Manning is going to get banged around, and I think we lose. Yeah, this this one's in pen for me.
1: Okay, so we're off to a good start. And on Monday, will be the first call to Mike Francesa asking for this coaching staff to be fired. Yeah, and we need to make. Hey, it'll be mis- the
0: first time that they will tweet to him.
1: That's right, and if you think I am bad on Twitter at the cranky fan, get a load of him. <laughs> but um, and also, you will hear the first. Why didn't we draft a quarterback?
0: Mm-hmm. Even if
1: Barkley has one hundred and ten yards and looks solid, so with that prediction in pen as well.
0: <laughs> uh, week two, on yeah, we have week two at Dallas. They switched it up on us this year.
1: Yeah, we don't get the opening night game in Dallas. Let's do the second night of the season in Dallas, where it sure would be nice to actually play a 1 p.m. Sunday game in Week 9 in Dallas. But God damn it, we are just too popular for TV. So, Ugh. And a little side note, Grump. Um, game 6 of the Cavaliers Celtics series with LeBron James at a lower TV rating than the Pro Bowl. So the power and the popularity of the nba or the, the nfl rather and if you want to you know talk about injuries and protests and blah 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 that the league isn't popular anymore remember people are watching pre watching scrimmages of basically flag football over lebron james
0: so. hmm. that's sad yes i didn't know anybody watched the pro bowl
1: I don't know one person who watched the Pro Bowl. I honestly, and I, you know, we talked to a lot of people. You know, I nobody watches it. Nobody cares. <laughs> but you know, there is one, there is one reason why people watch the Pro Bowl, and it'll be a lot more prevalent going forward in the NFL. Gambling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Another opportunity to gamble. If you had to put money down, how does Week Two at Dallas look to you?
1: Initial reaction. I'm going to put this as a win in pencil.
0: Okay.
1: Dallas, I think, is going to suck this year. I mean, you know, all time, all pro, all world, all ass kiss Jason Witten is no longer with this team. Although I will give the over/under for how many times that Chris Collinsworth says what I a missed him. Hall, what a Hall of Famer he is. I'll put that at one and a half, and how many times they missed him at two and a half. Um, the weapons are not there for Dak Prescott know throwing the ball, and they're going to rely more and more on his Ezekiel Elliott. And yes, great offensive line for running, but you know something—you can't win by just running the ball in the NFL. You have to have a vertical game. And Grump and I have debated and had fistfights about where we think Dak Prescott is as a quarterback. I have more of an opinion than he does, but as a collective with this offense. He's going to struggle.
0: No, he needs help. And yeah. And when you look at this, I mean, Alan Hearns, Terrence Williams, Cole Beasley, that's that's the, the starting three wide receivers. Jeff that's, a bunch of, Swaim, that's a bunch of
1: number three receivers.
0: Yeah. Jeff Swain is now the tight end. I mean, in all the blustering with this team, they have still over the course of several years failed to make anything out of the defense. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is pretty much the best they've got. Jalen Smith, you know, it's a shame what happened to him. Sean Lee... You know, it's a shame what always happens to him. I'm glad they took Leighton Van Der Esch, another guy who had injury concerns uh, yeah. in, in the combine process. No, seriously, though. I, I mean, I like Leighton Van Esch. We Esch. You guys all know that. But, you know, and then the secondary is not any better. I, I yeah. don't see what they've really done to improve this team at all. And I think they, you know, we kind of went over this. But they sort of got preempted a little bit in... The draft process, where the whole world knew what Dallas was aiming for, and teams jumped them, Mm -hmm. Um, and we know exactly what that's like. So,
1: not a not a bunch of menses in that uh, cowboy uh, war room before, no.
0: No, yeah. (laughs) Um, So you say win in pencil. I'm gonna say a win in pen, Um, and I do that without actually meaning it to feel like it's going to be a blowout. I just, I think it's definitely gonna happen. I do think it'll be close though.
1: Well, I mean, let me ask you something, Grump. What do you think the 2018 over/under number is for the Cowboys in Vegas as of right now?
0: Probably eight and eight.
1: They have it at eight and a half. Okay. So right about five hundred, and I definitely see the potential for this team to possibly be a six and ten team.
0: I mean, oh, yeah, I, there's the potential for it for sure. Absolutely. I mean, if I you mean, think about it, if Ezekiel Ellicott's gets dinged up, then really, what are you going to do?
1: Exactly, and we all know that Jason Garrett is not a good coach who just Again, we talk about cockroaches. He's another cockroach that survives. You know, continuing that tradition of having, you know, <laughs> having a, a having a race car with having a an Uber driver drive it. That's exactly what he is.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: So, I mean, I I think if they didn't have a star on their helmet, you'd have a lot less opinion of this team than you do.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, I mean, so I. I but having said that, though, again, I don't have the confidence in the New York football Giants to this point say they're going to go into Dallas. There's going to be 90,000 people, Sunday night game, everyone all tanked up and, and say that they're good enough to definitively beat this team yet. So that's why I'm putting it in, in pencil. But
0: I will say I would feel more comfortable if it were at home. I think on paper, the matchup is good. I think anytime you're going to Dallas at night, I just think it's... Weird things happen. Yeah, it's just even the ones that they win, that the Giants win, are just weird. Well, even that game
1: we when we started the season there two years ago, that was a one o'clock game where What's the name? Doesn't run out of bounds on a, yeah. you know, Trying on the two minute we probably lose that game for sure. Yeah. You know, just little weird things happen in this series. So. I'll say I'll say I win in pencil, and that puts it for me at we're one and one so far.
0: Yeah, and I'm right
1: there with you. I have a win in pen, and it's kind of a it's kind of a season saver because if we go zero and two, you know, we're looking at next week at week three. We're going, we're staying in the state of Texas, going to Houston for the Texans.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: And what is the status of Deshaun Watson?
0: I don't. Uh, I don't know what the status of him is. In terms of his injury, I will say if he's at 100%, I know how good he played and yada, yada, yada. I think there's going to be a sophomore slump for Deshaun Watson. I don't think that he's a bad quarterback, and I don't think that it's going to be indicative of his whole career. I just think that he excelled far beyond expectations last year. I think that he has the mental part of the game he really needs to catch up on coming out of college, and I think... That he'll struggle a little bit, even if he's at a hundred percent, which I doubt that he is. I mean, you know, we see these guys all the time come back from in fifteen months, or I get yeah, no, not not fifteen months. Let's just say like at maximum like eleven months, come back from ACL. They're a hundred percent. They're running. They're cutting. They're still not a hundred percent though. They're not who they were. It takes about two years to really get back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if. Some of that's mental, the confidence to fully cut, to fully accelerate. Um, so I, there's no way he's going to be 100 100%. I'm more worried about J.J. J. Watt. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, you think so?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the idea of trying to block Whitney Merciless, Jadavian Clowney, and J.J. J. Watt. Um, just a quick follow-up. I'm looking on the Houston
1: Texans website. Uh, an article dated April 18th, 2018, there is, quote, no timetable on his return to form. Now, does that mean return to the field, return to starting, return to form? I don't know. So there's a very good chance we may not even see him in week three.
0: Yeah, and in that case, Brandon Whedon's out there, and I feel much better about it. But again, my concern is this offensive line blocking. Um, Yeah.
1: I'm going to go ahead. My initial reaction for this game, this is a loss in pen. I just see, you know, we might see week one – Week two, like, week week one might be a disaster for the offensive line. Week two might show some improvement, but week three could be another disaster too. Especially in a, in a hostile environment, I'm going to put this one as a loss in pen.
0: I'm going to put this as a loss in pencil, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I'm not worried about what they're going to do on offense. I think DeAndre Hopkins is probably the most underrated wide receiver. I mean, he seems to be forgotten about and all the rank your top five wide receivers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, Mm -hmm. if Brandon Whedon's the one throwing to him, it's not going to matter worth a shit. What I'm worried about is, and I I really think exactly what you said. I I think that there's going to be costly fumbles, you know, in the red zone or, you know, on third and one, it's going to turn into a punt situation because fumble, because hit in the backfield, because sack, uh, and i think that it's going to be one of those it's just a shitty game you just watch it and the the opportunities are all there and they're right in position and something happens and it gets all fucked up every I, I think single they lose year. by 7 or less in this game but I
1: every every single year we have that game where we just we play a you know a non division sometimes a non conference game where we just shit the bed where it just looks like we're the worst team in the NFL. And I think, you know, we're going to go through this. I see a couple of candidates for that, and I definitely think this is one of them. Yeah. Um, playing in a place where against a team we don't play that often. I mean, this has that game when you go to Minnesota and lose by 30. You know, this is the game looks like you go to to Carolina and lose by 30. You know, it just, you know, go, go to New, New Orleans and get your ass kicked. You know, it just has that feel of like that, first quarter type of game where it just all goes bad usually on the road like that so um yeah i just don't have the confidence yet in the offensive line because it's going to be the very aggressive defensive line and you know i i can't see how we're going to win this one
0: yeah i'm right there with you but don't don't jump too far ahead to new orleans or carolina or philadelphia because that is all going to be on next week's episode. We're gonna follow up with some more news as we get it, as things come out of OTAs. Anything interesting that might happen, we'll definitely cover. Um, but we'll try not to boost up too much. Um, yeah,
1: and if you think we're batshit crazy or homers or just playing grumpy and cranky, you know, reach out to us on Twitter and let us know what you think. You know, I'm always on Twitter at the cranky fan. Um, Word you used before? Beliverating? Bloviate? I was bloviating. Yeah, I bloviate. You know, I'm still super fucking pissed about my lightning. My, my rays are at 500. I'll find something else to be annoyed about. So uh, hit me up. Let me know what you think. My, my I'm at 1-2 and two right now for the season, a couple of pen losses. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. What, what do I know? What do yeah, par- know? Apparently in Vegas this past week I don't know
0: much of anything because <laughs> –
1: a little letter in the wallet.
0: Mike had to hitchhike home. Um, <laughs> yeah, as always, you can come tell me I'm an idiot, that I'm wrong, that I'm right, that you agree, that you hate me, at football underscore grump. Uh, I try to keep a level head at everything that I read. Um, you know, if I see something like, Kyle Aletta looks like he might usurp the position, look at this throw, I'm going to tell everybody to chill out. Um, <laughs> but... As always, you can find me on Twitter doing that. Um, and the show. All the episodes are bumped at just Giants Pod, but more importantly are on iTunes and SoundCloud where you can subscribe and get these episodes as they are uploaded, which is probably an enormous help for you.
1: Yeah, and do us a favor, give us a five star rating and a review. I mean, let's go already. Yeah. We have one nice guy from DC who loved us and I hear a lot of crickets. I know you're all out there because of our you know, eight hundred and thirty thousand people that downloaded it, you know, give or take eight hundred and twenty three thousand but uh give us a nice review and a rating so we can get this bumped up so more giant fans can listen in and, and participate yeah and we'll, get, and we'll get that ever elusive sponsor that we don't pay for ourselves so
0: <laughs> all right everyone let's go giants go
1: giants